Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Thank you, Jesus. Well, hello, everyone. So, deliverance. It's such a vast, vast, large subject. So, I... I prayed and I asked the Lord, you're going to have to help me put together something that's not, uh, you know, full of different things, but just very basic. So deliverance. So Luke 10, 19, we all know this is a familiar one for us. I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents, scorpions, and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy. That's Satan. And nothing will in any way harm you now. It says to tread. Tread is a, a military term. It's a warfare term. So when you're treading, you're walking on. Serpents and scorpions represent demons. Okay? You have to exercise your authority. You have to use your authority. Okay, Mark 16, 17 to 18 says, These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. Now, the serpents, again, represent demons. They will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will get well. Matthew 10, 7 and 8. And as you go, Jesus said to his disciples, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Now, the definition of authority is a legal or rightful power, a right to command or to act, to, dom- to uh, dominate, a dominion, a jurisdiction. And the second um, definition is uh, individual, an individual or group exercising power or command. Uh, it's a spiritual law. Now, the kingdom of heaven is is uh, run by by spiritual laws. And the enemy recognizes those laws. The demons recognize the laws. All right? So um, that's why you they know the authority you have. They're hoping you don't know your authority. But when you speak to them, you have to command them with authority. That doesn't mean, you know, oh, you have to go now because... It says so in the Bible, but you say, in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, you, I command you to leave now, right? So you have to organize your, 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 uh, your words in that way. Now, I'm going to talk to you. We're talking about demons, so I'm going to sh- uh, give you some um, instruction to let's take a look at the dark kingdom and how it is organized so you can kind of understand what you're dealing with. You're dealing with principalities. First, in rank and order, they derive their power directly from Satan. They influence the affairs of humanity at a national level. They often embody world leaders, such as Hitler, Popot. Uh, we, we can think of some other leaders, too, that we're pretty sure that political leaders that are probably, there's somebody controlling them, right? 
those are the principalities. Then you have delegated authorities from the principalities. Those uh, serve the principalities. Then you have rulers of darkness. Those are high-ranking officers that have uh, jurisdiction over the universe, over the universe. They affect the thoughts, feelings, and perceptions of humanity through mass media, music, movies, fashion, sports, philosophies, and religious ideologies. Then you have spiritual wickedness in high places, types of spirits found in lofty places, you know, high-ranking places. You say the rich people, the people who have families, you know. So, and uh, we all heard rumors about those families, the Rothschilds and all. So devils and demons, okay. So spiritual wickedness in high places, types of spirits found in lofty places are responsible for anything that is perverted, depraved, debased, warped, or corrupt. That's what they cover. Now we're talking tonight about devils and demons. That's what we're gonna be talking about. Distributor of fortunes, isn't that something? When I read that, I said the distributor of fortunes. Devil and demon is a supernatural spirit that possesses the nature of Satan, that has the ability to give and distribute fortune, mammon of the, of the unrighteous. They possess man, they control mindsets and activities. These devils or demons can be uh, worshiped, and they are worshiped. They can make people sick, and also they're the ones that communicate with people. So this is what you're, we're dealing with now. And so we're saying, oh my goodness, but Jesus gave us the power and the authority. Now the only way you can become a skillful warrior is to be trained and placed in the midst of a battle. So if uh, God's called you to, to do deliverance, you'll be placed in those places. You won't have to try to get there or try to work a way to get there. No, you'll be, there. you'll be, and I know um, I always, uh, when someone is called to do that, they go, why am I always, like the, so, um, this girl, Debbie, who took over our prayer, who I turned over the prayer group in Huntington Park to, she used to always tell me, why when I go into a restaurant, I'm not doing anything, and somebody comes up to me, and I know they're demonized, and they're looking at me, why? And I said, Debbie, because that's what God's called you to do. She goes, oh, I don't want that, I don't want that. <laughs> yes. How, oh, my God, no, no, no. You know, so um, so usually if that's what you're called to do, you'll find yourself doing it. You know, you don't have to go look for it. So a skillful warrior is to be trained and placed in the midst of a battle. It is only when you are placed in uh, the furnace of affliction and when all hell seems to be breaking loose around you that you can be truly trained in the art of strategic prayer and spiritual warfare. You know, so, uh, you know, I... I say trade lightly, <laughs> and my class is there, but, and you know, and I've, I learned the hard way about things, you know, because I was so, I'm gonna get in there and I'm gonna do this, and you know, so I got, I got hit a couple of times. And you do, you're gonna get hit, because this is warfare, so you do get wounded. So don't be afraid, because the Lord already knows what you can, what you can take and what you can't take. And we're entering a place where everything is really dark right now. You know, but you can do it. You can do it. You want to cultivate your relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's what you do to prepare yourself for any warfare, 
for any of our of, of what we're going through with the Lord. Whether you want to teach or you want to preach or you, or you just want to go out and witness somewhere, you have to cultivate your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Build one's relationship with Jehovah Gabor. That's your commander-in-chief of warfare. Keep a prayer journal to document a rima, a rima word from Jesus concerning an issue or a person that you're praying for. Uh, when you're called to do this, you, you need to keep um, record of the person you're praying for because it's not always obvious what the stronghold is in that person. So you need to uh, talk to them, and the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you. You're always, he's always revealing to you what you need to know. You know, even if you think you've prepared, I've prepared, I've met with this person in the perfect world, <laughs> I say. When someone comes to you and says, you know, I think, uh, I think my husband or my child or my friend needs deliverance, will you work with them? Will you pray with them? So um, I worked with, the, I was trained by a Pastor Moreno who always said he was the, the James Bond of deliverance because we could be praying with someone for two hours, maybe three hours, which he doesn't recommend anymore for people to do. And he'd come out still looking like he was going in. He had a suit on and he had his hair combed and, and all he'd say was, Gloria a Dios, hallelujah, you know? And I'd be all, oh my goodness, okay. <laughs> and he'd say, Sister Bloom, but I like to work with you because you, 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 know, you know what you're doing. I go, oh, do I, Lord? <laughs> Do I, Lord? Do I? So anyway, the perfect world, when someone comes up to you and says you ask, you ask questions. You ask, why do you think they need deliverance? Okay, you're going to ask. You're going to say, uh, what are they doing? What's happening? Now, I've had two. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. You're your mother's son for sure. Wow. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what a blessing. Anyway, okay. In the perfect world, you're able to, to um, when a person comes up to you and they say that to you, usually they're having physical symptoms maybe. Maybe they're feeling sick. You know, they're feeling. And I always tell people, listen, you, you don't say the devil's attacking you when you don't eat a, a breakfast and then you just drink black coffee and have a lot of donuts. That's, you know, that, that's not the devil. That's what you ate. <laughs> you know, I feel so shaky. I'm shaky. I'm shaky. No, it's what you ate. So you, um, yes. So usually what you tell a person when you don't really know them, you don't know their family really well, and they're just coming up to you and they're asking you for help, you send them to the doctor to get a physical. It's really important. to You want to clear up everything because you want to make sure it is it is the enemy. It's not, you don't want to do something, you know, and just take their word for it and say, okay, we're going to pray for this person because they feel this way. You send them to the doctors, get a physical to make sure that they don't have any, any physical uh, illness of some kind that's giving them these symptoms, right? They don't have low blood sugar or they're diabetic or, they're, and then you want to know too if they're on medication, what they're taking. You have to, you have to clear up everything. So what we usually do is we take an intake sheet. We take an intake sheet where you ask them so many questions because um, there are things too that they forget. Usually if a person, before a person saved, I say BC, that's before Christ. BC, they might have been traumatized as a child. 
You know, they might have received uh, uh, judgments over their life. So they come, they get saved, and then they still have that judgment, they still have that trauma. And sometimes they don't remember the trauma, especially when they say, oh, I, there's some parts of my childhood I don't remember. And so that's the key. And so you just write it down, and you just let the Holy Spirit, again, that's why it's so important to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because all the while you're, you're talking to them and questioning them, you're, you're also asking the Holy Spirit, show me, show me. Help me, Lord, help me. Because it's, it's the Holy Spirit, it's not you. Okay, it's not you, it's the Holy Spirit that's doing the work. So, and usually you never do a deliverance by yourself. You can do an intake by yourself, maybe, but you don't do a deliverance alone. It's usually good to have at least two or three people doing the deliverance. Eventually, I know we'll have a deliverance team here. And in the deliverance team, there's a person who will lead the, the deliverance, and then there's a person, the two people, at least two people that will help. One will be a person who has a discernment, a seer, a discernment, and then another person who also um, maybe also has the ability to see spiritual things. So that you're working together as a team, you know. So you do the intake sheet, you find out what the strong what the strongholds are, find out if they were traumatized as a child, you put that down. Usually there was uh, sexual abuse most of the time, physical abuse. So you, you mark that down, right? You write it down. And uh, usually also you try to ask, how old were you when this took place? And the reason you do that is because demons, again, in the very beginning I said how they recognize spiritual laws. That's why a lot of times demons will come back again after you prayed for somebody because they have the right to be there, right? So that's why you want to be real thorough. I, that's how I am, very, very thorough person. I think it's because I was the oldest in my family. I had to take care of my brothers and sisters. I had to make sure that nothing happened to them. So when I'm doing a deliverance team or I'm teaching, I make sure I want everybody to be safe, as safe as they can be in the Holy Ghost, right? Okay. So you ask, the reason you ask this is because the date this happened to them, that's the date the Spirit attached himself. So say they were five years old and they were born in what? year 2000 so in the year 2005 they were traumatized and uh, they were traumatized and the spirit and the spirit attaches himself a nation can be traumatized a city can be traumatized a family can be traumatized and when that happens the enemy will be right there to attach himself to that situation that happened this is how he is Okay, so when you're praying with someone and you find out the date when that happened, you pray with them and you go back to that date when you were five, you were born in 2000 and 2005, this happened to you. Okay, we're going to go back to 2005 when this happened to you. And then you ask, you speak to the demon, you, you tell the demon you're uh, going to take care of this right now because you've already, you've already cleared everything up. Okay, I'm giving you a, just a little sample of what we do. There is no cookie cutter, there is no recipe. Every, every deliverance is different, they're not all the same. Basically they are, but usually they're not. I've experienced a time when a, a girl called Lily and I saying, my sister, I'm gonna bring my, we didn't know them, we had no idea, we didn't know who they were, but they, they, they knew by word of mouth that we did deliverance. 
So she said, I'm bringing my sister this afternoon. It's my sister who needs it. And we said, okay, all right, you know. So we were, we were there. So the, her sister, who we were supposed to pray for, we started praying for her. But then the sister who brought it was the one that was manifesting. Right? So you don't, you, you know, <laughs> there's always surprises in deliverance. There's always surprises. So, you know, you, you, you do the intake with them. They did their, their physical. And then you cleared everything that, that they have nothing wrong with them. They're taking their medication and everything's fine. And then you find out that they had this abuse when they were five years old. So then you pray with them going back to when they're five years old. And you've already cleared, you've already, the Lord has already revealed to you who the strong man was. And it's usually, demons come in threes. And it's usually a, a, a power greater than, than the demon that's controlling them. And so you bind the strong man, and the strong man is the doorkeeper, the gatekeeper, they call him different things, and that's the demon that controls what, co controls what comes in and out. Uh, it's actually helping that demon to stay with that person. He helps that demon to stay there, that's what he does. That's why part of the deliverance is you, you bind the strong man, and you speak to the strong man, you say, we bind you no longer, can uh, can control this door, the door, right, to what we'll, we'll say the spirits of abuse and shame and what else? Abuse, shame, and uh, abuse, shame, and um, what else? What else do they have? They they might come with abuse, shame, uh, fear. Okay, for those three spirits. So you speak to them and you tell the you tell the gatekeeper. We're binding you. We're forbidding you to aid or help these uh, the, these three spirits that God has revealed to us. You know, in the name of Jesus. Of course, you you speak in the name of Jesus always. In the name of Jesus, never in your name, never you. And also, don't speak to the demon. That's why you need those three people. Don't ask him what his name is, because if you have someone with discernment with you, and the Holy Spirit will reveal you what his name is, because they lie. They don't tell you the truth. Can't always believe them. So it's better, I always think it's always better to go straight to the source really fast, save you some time. So you don't have to stay there 20 more minutes and you have to be praying, right? And you don't have to stay there all night like they used to as they used to in the past. You can bind the spirits, forbid them to operate, forbid them to, uh, to traumatize this person that you're praying for or to bring any more uh, torment to her and they cannot uh, manifest themselves until such time as the Lord Jesus commands them to. Not you, but the Lord Jesus commands them to, right? So all this time you're also speaking to the Lord Jesus. You have this one, you and the Holy Spirit are together. So that's usually how you handle that. And then you set an appointment. We used to do that. We set an appointment for them to come back if it wasn't all cleared up, if it was uh, very deep, because a lot of times... You pick, it's like an onion, you find out one thing, and then before you know it, there's something else, there's something else, and there's something else. So what we, we do, what we did is we, we did not want those, the person we're dealing with to be dependent on us. <laughs> you don't want them to be dependent on you. So what you do is you help them to start to, to deliver themselves. You tell them, you speak to the spirit now. You could speak to that spirit and tell, but, but because they, are the, they have authority over their body, right? You have authority over your body. 
So this person it has been abused and everything, but she's saved now. This person is saved now, filled with the Holy Spirit. So she has the authority to speak to that spirit. Okay, I, so you say, okay, I want you, okay. And then I, I ask them, okay, now you're going to speak to the spirit of abuse. You're going to tell it you don't need that spirit of abuse in your life any longer. You don't want it in your life. And so she says that. Now when the person speaks that to the spirit, then you ask them, did you see anything? Did you hear anything? Did you feel anything? Because they're, they're going to either, while you're praying with them, they might fall asleep. You don't let them fall asleep. They might uh, start to say that they have pain somewhere in their body, and that's the spirit trying to divert you and divert what's happening, right? So you um, bind the spirit, and then you have the angels. The angels are there, and they can come in and help. And I know Digg has done this several times in his ministry because he's, uh, you know, in a mass group of people. And so many times he's just asked the angels to hold the person down, to bind the person. Hold the angels, hold this person down until he can, you know, finish praying for them. You can do that. Remember, you have angels to help you. I'm just giving you kind of hints about doing that. But the best way to learn is to participate in a deliverance. But this is just something you learn. You know, it's something we do. So uh, sometimes you know who the strong person is. Sometimes it's Jezebel. And so we sever. You also have to sever the tie between Jezebel and the strong man, the gatekeeper. You sever the tie between Jezebel and those other three spirits. It's severed so that she cannot help them any longer. She can't give him any aid or any help. So you have to do all these things, you know, in order to set the person free. Now I'm talking about somebody that, you know, you're working with already and you've established a relationship with them. And so when you go in, and I'm, you know, it's been a while since I've done this, so it's coming back to me now. Thank you for your prayers, Pastor. Uh, you can ask the Lord, and you ask the Lord, and you ask them, listen, well, we're going to pray for you right now. You might hear something. The Spirit might speak to you. You might see something. You might feel something. You might feel like you have a, something, a pressure in your chest. You might feel like you want to cough. You might feel like you want to throw up. You might, you might scream. You might cry. We want to know. Now, somebody that we did deliverance with at one time, she's uh, married. Now she's grandma, and we're friends. But when we were doing deliverance with her, she was just a new like a new babe Christian, and, and uh, we were doing deliverance with her, and she was screaming, and we were, you know, we had, we had, uh, you know, remember Roxy? She sat on her <laughs> for us because this this girl was only 90, maybe 98 pounds at the most, 100 pounds. But, you know, she was strong, and we were praying, and I didn't know everything I know now because I wasn't working with Pastor Moreno yet. Hadn't been trained completely. So, you know, and then we had Donna Pearls with us too praying. So then Donna Pearls sat down at the piano and started worshiping God, which we need. You can pray, you can worship, you know, so we were doing this. Well, at the end, now that she's my friend and everything, and we talk about it, she says, you know what the Spirit was telling me to do, Esther? I go, what? He's telling me to get away from you, run in the yard, and start screaming that I was being raped, that I needed help for someone to call the police. So, oh, did it fall? Thank you. So you, um, 
So you never know, right? <laughs> you never know. You never know. So those are things that happen during deliverance. Nothing is the same. It's never the same, okay? So, so how does someone get demonized? How does that happen? Well, I told you one way, it's before BC, before Christ, but it can also happen after Christ. It can also happen after Christ, you know, because the, the, the enemy watches, and especially if you're, if you're going into this type of ministry, you're going to do it, well, he watches you. Now, we, we don't give Satan a beachhead. You know what that means, to give him a beachhead. You give him a place to, to, to come and, and, like it says in Ephesians, don't let the sun go down in your wrath because you'll give the devil a foothold. A beachhead is like a foothold. So you don't want to give him a foothold because he takes any little thing. He'll take any little thing that he sees, even if it's a little crumb. He'll take that little crumb. So we all walk a line. We all walk a line, all of us here. That narrow road. You know, dressed in the armor God has given us, you know, the armor he's provided for us, using the sword of the spirit, and all the while the enemy is doing a recon on us all the time. So we, you know, that's what he does. He's watching and recording our behavior, our actions, etc., looking for an opportunity to pounce or to set a trap for us, a beachhead, foothold, to move in an area of our life. Especially because we're in warfare. We're at warfare, you know, we're the enemy. You have to understand that when we, we're the enemy here. This, this, the, the, the earth, you know, the earth and this, this world system belongs to the devil. He took it away from Adam. You know, Jesus hasn't set up his kingdom here yet. He put us here to set the captives free, and we're here fighting. We're the, we're, the, we're the rebels here. We rebelled against the kingdom of darkness, and we got saved. So now, now we're, an, we're his enemy, and he's looking for a beachhead. Okay, so we're reading the word, praying, you know, serving in the kingdom, but the number one, and the number one, and the weapon that the enemy uses for Christians is pride. For believers. Because there are sins of the flesh which we all avoid. We don't want to commit adultery, right? We don't want to murder somebody. We're not going to steal from anybody, right? Those are those are sins. Those are those are sins of the flesh. But then there's sins of the spirit. And so what the enemy will do is want to encourage you to do your sin of the spirit. So, let's see what I have here. There are sins of the flesh we avoid and quickly repent. And sins of the spirit is, is pride. Then there's also stubbornness because you say it's conviction. No, I'm convicted. No, I'm convicted that I don't have to do that. We have a way of talking to ourselves and making things when we don't want to do them. We do what we want to do. We don't do what we don't want to do. That's the way it is. That's what it is. And so a lot of times we'll say, oh, no, I'm convicted. God understands my heart. He knows. He knows. He knows. He understands. We hear that many times, right? 
Okay, sins of the spirit is gossip, jealousy, competition, bragging about results in your ministry or what you're doing. That's why our pastor says don't have a testimony, not a bragamony. That's what he means. Because we're just, it's, it's our nature to do that. It's in our nature. So that's why I say we walk that fine, thin line. And the enemy's there doing recon on us, writing about us. So, you know, hey, we're that. And the Lord understands that. That's why we have the blood of Jesus. We, and we apply it and we pray. Now, usually someone will manifest. And you'll know that they, they're, uh, they need deliverance. Um, I want to share uh, two other uh, uh, things that happened. So you can understand the different areas that happen. Uh, someone, one was a child, one was a child of three, and the other one was a child about eight years old. But when I heard about both of these things that happened, it was a similar situation. One child was able, to, we prayed with that child immediately and was set free. The other child wasn't prayed for, and they, she ended up in a wheelchair. She ended up, um, uh, in a wheelchair in, in the hospital, and it just didn't turn out really good. But the situation was very similar. So I'll share that so you can understand how devious the enemy is and how he works. Um, I received a phone call from a sister in Christ, and she said, could you come and pray for my niece? I said, sure. She's in a wheelchair. She's been in a wheelchair since she was a little girl. But we think that she really needs prayer, Sister Bloom, because she's speaking with a man's voice now. She has another voice comes out of her. And I said, okay, all right. Yes, I'll, I'll be willing to go pray. She said, her parents just got saved, and they're willing to have you come and pray with her. I said, okay. So then I got a call later on, and she says, well, you don't have to come because they, they got saved, but they, they're going to take her to the priest because she thinks the priest will help her. I said, okay, good, because I know the priests, they're really good in deliverance, the Catholic Church. So, but the priest did what we all do to make sure that she really needed deliverance. He's, he, he put her in the hospital. They did tests on her. Then they did psychological evaluation on her, and she was still in the wheelchair. So the priest told her, told him that he decided that she just needed psychological help, and she was fine. She was fine with the priest. She did fine for two weeks, two, three weeks while she was going. He says, I think this is what she needs. She came home in two weeks at home, she was already manifesting with a different voice, speaking, saying she was going to kill a member of the family, and they got scared. But they, you know, but my time with her was, was already gone. You know, they didn't know what to do. Now, she, they said that what happened to her was that she started because she felt uh, she started having uh, seizures when she was little. And so they couldn't really know what it was, but eventually the seizures caused her to be crippled and in a wheelchair. Now, this is uh, a child, my grandson, I'm going to share with you about. His, uh, his, his, he's uh, my grandson. He's uh, uh, Melissa's uh, oldest child. And uh, I got a phone call from Sylvia, my daughter-in-law. And she says, Nani, can you come with me to the hospital? Because Isaiah's been having seizures. He was like two, three, three years old. 
And I said, okay. She says, but they stop and they keep starting and we already went to the hospital once and they sent us home because he didn't have any more seizures. But I said, okay, I'll be down there. So I went down there and I was holding him in my arms and he was looking around and he was afraid. I go, Isaiah, you're afraid. And he's, I go, what are you afraid of? What are you looking at? And he was pointing to this Indian relic that was in their house that they found. I said, is this scaring you? He goes, yes. So I told so we got to get rid of this, right? We got rid of it, but I was there holding him and he was still, he started having seizures again. So then we took him to the hospital and I spoke to the doctor and the doctor said, well, stay here and if you, he has a seizure again, we'll take care of it. I said, okay. So I sat there with him for a couple of hours waiting, you know, they had me in the, in the room where the doctors were in the emergency room. And he started a seizure again. And uh, I put him on the table and boy, there were doctors and nurses in there like this. It was, you know, and uh, they decided they, they decided they were gonna keep him overnight. They already were putting him in. So I called Lily and Jeff. Those were my team members from the deliverance team I had. And we prayed and we said, there's a snake involved. There is witchcraft involved. And we said, yes. And he said, there's a snake wrapped around his, his uh, waist and it's, uh, it's trying to get into his spine. So we prayed and we removed it in Jesus' name. We removed it. So it was gone and uh, he wasn't having any more seizures and the doctors said they didn't know, they couldn't really tell what happened, but they think maybe he was just constipated. <laughs> but we brought him home and he's fine and he's walking and he's running and he's going to school. But that other little girl is still crippled in a wheelchair. So, you know, that's what can happen. So it's real what we do. But in order for you to be able to, to live through this and to do this is you set the rules of engagement and you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And you set the rules of engagement with the Holy Spirit because you are the one in authority. You have the power, they don't. You know, a lot of times when, you're, when someone's doing a deliverance or praying, they start praying defensive prayers because the enemy starts talking, saying things about them. That's why in our prayer class, the number one thing we learn real fast is we, we what? We give up the right to be offended, the right to justify ourselves, right? the right to vindicate ourselves, the right to be understood. And the reason we do that is because all those things, if we start fighting for them, those are ways that we can give Satan a foothold. Because all those things Jesus will do for us. Especially if you're in this type of ministry, you gotta let it go. You gotta let it go and Jesus will take care of it for you. Jesus will justify you, Jesus will vindicate you. He will do all that for you, right? But what happens is, uh, you know, you have these little areas in your life that's unforgiveness, that you haven't forgiven somebody, or you've been mean, or you've done something wrong, and then you're doing deliverance, and then the demon will say, well, I know what you did. This is what you did, and it will say in front of everybody who's praying. Right. So you want to make sure that you, those things are taken care of. I'm, I'm going all over the place here trying to give you a little bit of everything. So you set the rules of engagement. You set the rules of engagement also if you're going to be praying for something that's pretty serious, you want to set the rules of engagement. You want to 
set the rules of engagement by pleading the blood of Jesus, letting the enemy know what he can, what he's allowed to do. And the only thing he's allowed to do is to leave and to bow his knee before the Lordship of Jesus Christ, right? But you have all authority and power. That's what you have to remember. So understand and don't be afraid. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And the victory of Christ over Satan is total and complete. And that's what you can tell him. Listen, God's victory over you is total and complete, so you have to obey, leave, go. And you have your own way of speaking to the spirit, you know. But you don't want to spend time thinking that you're, you know, oh, this sounds good. I'm going to go out and let's try it. You don't want to do that. You want to always be led by the Holy Spirit. Because Satan yields no ground to emotion. He retreats only from before the authority of the believer has through his union with Christ, with the word of God. Do not give any ground up or retreat. No surrender. No surrender, no retreat. Once you start praying for something, you continue to pray for that. You can't give, give up. Stop praying for it. In Jesus' name. Now, the kingdom of darkness. Because your mouth launches the weapons of spiritual warfare. And we have the authority to cast down the kingdom of darkness. And you know, the Lord says that, you know, he defends us in everything, but he also has us when we're going to attack and do warfare. So um, I think there's any questions anyone has that they'd like to ask. Now's the time to ask a question. How do you do what? How do you give up your fear? A see, oh, to see, seer, to see. Why, do you see things? Okay. What do you do? A dream? Okay. Do you, what else do you see? Is, this, is it majority of the time you see demons? Angels sometimes, okay. Well, that's a gift that the Lord gives you, right? Yeah. Amen. So do you see them when you're praying? Okay, has this always happened? So how, when did it start? Okay. And you're, wherever you lived, you see them. Even if you're at work, you see them. Okay. All right. Well, let's pray. Let's pray and see. We'll see if it's just this, the enemy that wants to keep you afraid, wants to make you afraid, but you're not afraid, are you? No. Okay. So I suggest that you pray, that we pray. We pray with you. And we reveal to you.
Thank you.